Hello, I'm Dr. Margaret, and you're listening to Journey into an Unknown World. Some of you have maybe been listening for nearly three years now, and throughout those months, I've talked about many subjects. This time, I'd like to talk about how you think about evil versus the good. In other words, how do we monitor what is truly evil and how do we acknowledge that which is truly good? I know a lot of you might be thinking, well, perhaps there is something in some way that you're really bad at and other things that you're really good at. But whatever you're doing, I'm sure in some way you do not think about it in measures of evil or goodness. So I wanted to go back to the ancient times and throw this at you and see what you think. And of course, as always, I'd love to say that I like to hear comments about the shows. So if you'd like to write to me, Dr. Margaret, rvc at gmail.com. I've given out a lot of times and I'd love to hear back from you and some of you do write some of you have given me some testimonials which I really really appreciate so if anyone feels like writing me a testimonial on how you've enjoyed the show and how long you've been listening and how it's helped you I would love to get that feedback also while I'm talking about connections if you've been listening to this show and you've really enjoyed everything I've shared with you, then I have a great favor to ask. I'd like to get you to go to my website, which is www.sumaris, that's S for sugar, U-M for mother, A-R-I-S, center, C-E-N-T-R, dot com, and fill out the little forms I've got there, you know, like, how did you hear about me? What subjects are you interested in? Whether you've listened to the shows or not? You know, those kind of questions. And at the end, there's that usual little something you have to fill in just so I know you're a real person. And the reason I'm asking you to do this is because, unfortunately, I didn't have it up there before and spammers were filling my pages with all sorts of stupid stuff that we don't even want to mention. So please do me that favor if you're really interested in everything I do and particularly if you'd like to come to tele-summits or webinars that I intend to do later and very soon I hope uh, once we get all these websites sorted we'll be doing that and we'll be doing them for as little as 20 25 or 30 dollars so you can learn from me for over an hour at this very cheap rate with no catches so now i've done my little pitch let's come back to the topic of evil versus goodness and i want to take you back as i said earlier back 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 in time to a time when really we don't have any records early Egyptians, before that even. And we want to ask you to think in your mind, do you have any idea, or would you have had any idea back there in those days, how you would monitor the good versus the bad, or evil versus the divine love of goodness? I thought about this a lot. And I decided years ago, this was when I was probably about eight or nine years old, I decided that if I was going to understand evil, then 
the more I should reach out and understand the light, perhaps the light will tell me. And what I actually found was that life is like a seesaw. So the higher you go in ascension into divine love, the more you must understand about the darkness. Here I just want to say a little pitch, but uh, if you're really, really interested in the involvement of darkness into light, you might want to get a copy of my book, Journey into an Unknown World, The Way to Oneness Revisited. It's a fat book, it's over 500 pages long, and it really tells you everything because it's channeled from the oneness. So yes, it begins with, in the beginning was the word. And so what is the word? Word is a sound that we make by oscillating, vibrating, if you like, our energy. So we can make a sound just by moving our arms. We can clap our hands and we can hear that. What we don't hear is the energy we're making when we're moving air by waving our hand in, in the air to say goodbye to someone. We are always generating energy, and if we have too much of that energy, then we tend to get into overload. And when we get into overload, then we find ourselves being stressed. Add to that the influences of the planets, and right now we are all under some squares between Uranus, Saturn, and Jupiter, and Neptune. So. With all that energy shifting around, testing us, we are finding that spontaneity can lead to acts that are really violent, angry, and awful that we could call evil, versus wonderful acts of sharing, fundraising, doing wonderful things to save someone in a dire situation. So we can really see right now the extremes of human nature from being as evil as one wants to be to an absolute angel on earth. Going back in time, I could recall a past life where in ancient early, early Egypt, we really believed that we were powerless without the backing of gods. And those gods varied. We had a god for food, we had a god for uh, romance, we had a god for death, we had a god for birth, and so on. And I want to say there were countless numbers of gods who were named, who to this day may act in a universal sense under one of those names, but who in fact are really truly amalgamated into one voice, and that one voice can be part of what we call the oneness. So if we think now of the oneness as a radio, and we think of an old radio where you had to turn the dial to tune in to certain FM or AM numbers, then you could see by tuning your instrument into the right number, you could hear the voice of someone on that broadcasting program. Well, a psyche is kind of the same. If we turn the dial in our brains to come to a point where we want to listen to angels, then we can tune in and we can hear the voices of angels. I was once fortunate enough in meditation to hear the angelic holy host singing, most incredible music I've ever heard 
not in this life, but in the oneness. And it's something that I can return to and listen to again and again if I want to, because yes, my earthly brain is a tape recorder that can play back anything I've ever heard. In the same way, if I was to become depressed, miserable, and worried, my energy can slip into a denser vibration and I could turn that dial to a point where I could hear the voices of other people who are also depressed and miserable. And of course, if I was to turn it even a little lower, I could then hear the voices of those who are deceased and who are in their own way trapped in the twilight zone, as I call it, between this world and the spirit world. And those people will spend time sending messages into the brains of the living who think they are listening to a guardian angel. So what I wanted to do here is to talk a little bit about how do you know whether you're talking to an angel, an ascended master or a spirit helper, or you're talking to someone who is an earthbound, a lost spirit as we call them, or a lost soul, who is trying to feed off you to understand whatever it is your life is, get into your thoughts and give you more thoughts. So here's an example of a student that I had a long time ago. He was very depressive and often worried about his life. It was hard for him to socialize and so on. And in those days we had meditation, healing circles where the students would also learn in a seance mode to be attuning to their spirit guides. And when it came to his turn, he started to say that he had a spirit guide who was promising him that within two weeks he would have a girlfriend, within another four weeks he would be married, and within another two weeks he would also get a new job. Now I'm the psychic, I'm the third eye, I'm the teacher, and I'm looking at him, and what I'm seeing is an elderly man who is grinning at me through the face of this person who's telling me what he's hearing. And I could see that it was not a spirit guide nor a helper, but in fact, an earthbound spirit who was caught in the twilight zone. So I said to my student, this is not a spiritual guide. Do you feel love? Do you feel warmth? Do you feel comfort? And he attuned to it for a minute and he said, yes, I do feel more comfortable because it's like I've got company uh, with me. I feel like my depression isn't so bad because I'm sharing my depression. Well, at that minute, what the Earthbound was doing was giving him a feedback from the Earthbound Spirit's own depression. And I could pick up from that that this person had died lonely, miserable, and was looking for love, just the same as my student was looking for love. Well, I sat my student down after the lesson and I talked to him about earthbounds and I told him how he had to protect himself and so on and so forth. And that he had to learn that the higher vibration, which I'll talk about in a minute, 
which the spirit guides come through makes you feel entirely different. We talked about states of mind, we talked about rigid mind, how we can get stuck on an idea and obsess on it. We talked about the schizoid mind where we fluctuate between who we are and what we want to be from day to day. Like I can be a happy person today and a miserable person tomorrow. I'm not talking about the seriously mentally ill. We all have a, an amount of schizoidism within us. And today we feel lazy and tomorrow we feel very busy and so on. And then we have the part of our mind that uh, is paranoid. You know, I'm going to do this and that, but is my sister or my family watching? And what do they think? And are they going to put me down for it? Or I'm taking an exam and I'm sure to fail and everybody's watching me when I come out and I'll look like a failure and nobody will ever want to interact with me again because I'm a failure and so on. Well, I had a case like that too. She was Japanese and she came to see me and she said, I don't feel myself. I feel like there's something around me, something pressing on me, but I don't know what it is. And I looked behind her and I could see that she had several earthbound spirits around her who were all trying to make her think life wasn't worth living. So when I talked to her about the positive sides of things and talked to her about the earthbounds and how they can share thoughts relative to her own thoughts, she asked me how. And I said it's done because of the fourth law, which is like attracts like in the mirror image. Well, she went on to learn and study with me and I'm happy to say she's a great healer today. But if she had not have had that experience of having these negative earthbounds around her, she wouldn't have learned about it and she certainly wouldn't have been able to see it as a medium as she developed in other people around her. In fact, not only did she become a rescue medium, but she also, that means rescuing earthbound spirits, but she also went on to be a teacher and give lectures and talks. So you can see here that one must evolve through the darkness through the evil into the light in order to appreciate the journey of where you've been. Now let's just bring this question of evil into a perspective. We've learned religions, philosophies and things like that throughout time. We've learned to have different uh, vocal people to communicate. For example, in Hinduism we've got Shiva and we've got Buddhism and we've got people like in the Catholic faith, Saint Mary, who's the mother of Jesus. Romans had Venus, the Greeks had Aphrodite and, and so on. So in some way we are all looking for this divine love to flow to us through some specter that is considered a female who has the energy of divine love in them to give it to us to feel full of love and feel full of joy and feel that our life is worthwhile. And that's a wonderful thing to experience. But as Quan Yin said, who's also one of the spirit entities that comes to a lot of people, we have to have a consciousness of forgiveness and for nurturing in order 
to be able to deal with people who are negative. In fact, even the most evil people we could possibly think of, we still have to love them and forgive them for whatever it is they've done because in the act of doing, they have shown us a lesson and that lesson is we don't want to copy them, we don't want to be like them, so we learn vicariously. In a way, if we didn't have evil people coming down to earth and doing terrible things to us, we would be walking around with our head in the sand saying everything is wonderful. There would be no ascension. There would be no growth. So let me modernize this now and say a kid goes into a school and shoots many children and we know that story is real. What was in the mind of that child? How psychic was that child? How much was that child listening to voices sounding like his own or sounding like his mother or someone else that was earthbound spirit saying to him, go get that gun. Your life is not worth anything. Go into that school and shoot those kids and then shoot yourself. Well, the bottom line is why did these earthbounds want to get a person to shoot themselves? Well, it's very simple. They hope to ride on the back of the person who dies and get to heaven. It's like, you're the train. You're the person who's going to save me and take me into the light. So yes, every single negative entity wants to get to the light. And they need it so much. It's almost like having a cigarette smoke every day when you need it or having a drink at night when you need it after a hard day's work. It's about a reward. The oneness, the ascension, the journey of growth from dark to light is all in its own way an addiction to seek the light. And we will do it by any means possible through any religion or philosophy or atheism or agnosticism because whatever it is in some way it is a point of reference for others to watch and say aha uh -huh, I agree or oh, oh that's not for me or absolutely no I'm putting my foot down we're not going to let that happen at this particular time in our history You've probably noticed already watching news that we have a lot of the Middle East, Russia, Yemen, Turkey, Syria, all these countries on the edges, and now Nigeria and other countries beginning to go into turmoil, as well as all the others that are starting it, including America, where our politicians cannot agree. This period in time is the Aquarian Age. And the Aquarian Age is a time, a time of pause, a time of reward, it's a time of assimilation, a time when we allow ourselves to think about the pros and cons of our lives, the things that we've been doing, and ask ourselves, have I learned and what have I learned? And how is that going to help me in the now? And how is it going to help me grow towards the future? 
and the undercurrent of it is I am seeking love. Which brings me to explain the fourth law of karma here that in the mirror image, like attracts like. So if you're angry and depressed, everyone that's going to show up, whether they're an earthbound spirit or a friend up the street or just a stranger, they're going to be depressed like you. And you can sit together and you can worry and you can work out lots of things that you think you could both do. But at the end of the day, it is your own personal choice about what you decide to do. And of course, if you're doing something bad, really bad, that we might call evil, then you must expect to get recourse. In other words, ultimately, if you've killed someone, you can expect to be killed too. It's a mirror image. Now, the interesting thing here is that a lot of people will do terrible things like put bombs on children. And we in the Western world are disgusted, abhorred. There isn't enough words to say how much we hate that. But for those people who do it, in their mind, they are seeking the light in their way. They are seeking the light through the innocence of a child. And the child allowing this to happen or being a victim of this to happen is in this way serving for us an opportunity to learn a lesson and to stop this kind of thing happening. Now we can go back into something very simple here right now. A mother and a father may say to a child, you can't go out tonight because we say so. Stay home. This is the night for homework and the child feels the parents are not convivial to their ideas. They want to go out and hang loose with their friends. It's a very everyday thing. But in that moment, that child could well think horrible thoughts about their father. And if they're emotionally distressed or stressed over exams or something that's coming down, they could so easily say to themselves, I hate my parents. And in the process of building that idea up, discuss it with other kids who hate their parents, and the next thing you know, they've plotted something bad. And the next thing you know, we hear it in the news. And the next thing you know, we're all saying, oh, we can't let that happen again. We have to change our laws. We have to change our rules. So some of us look on in judgment, and we say, this should never be. Somebody should change the laws. But the bottom line here is, who wants to be the somebody? Unfortunately, there are so many of us who are passers-by, who just stand and stare, who believe we're too afraid to do something. We say we're not leaders. We're not confident. We're not doing anything of any importance. It's safe this way. But do you know what you are? You're an anchor. You're someone who's saying, I'm going to hold the line, as it were, as is, and make sure that people can pass by me from the darkness into the light while I hold the anchor still. And of course, given time, when all have passed that you want to allow to move on into the light, you may well find yourself being drawn into the light yourself as a light worker. 
There are many people at this time in their 40s, 50s, who are coming to me and saying, teach me to be psychic because I know I'm different. I felt something happen in me. I felt a change. I was happy to just go with the flow, do what everybody else did, you know, get married, have kids. I've done that now. Now I feel ready to do something to help mankind. That switch is that button where you come out of being a watcher or a listener and you've decided to join in and become someone who is a role model, a leader, helping those who are in the darkness to move along the pathway into the light. I wrote a book called Quantum Entanglement, that's Einstein's theory, a paranormal point of view. In that book, we take my life and with channeling, my spirit guides turned it into a very interesting book where you can read what the oneness is and how it all works. And I think I'm probably one of the few people that's written the whole picture. So if you're interested in really getting a whole understanding of the universe, the oneness, energy, form, etc., and how it comes together and then separates and comes together and so on, you might like to enjoy that book. And of course, yes, it's an e-book too. Now, another thing to be aware of between the dark and the light, and I'm going to go back, let's say, 30,000 years to before the flood or the first flood. Let's go back 40,000 years. We don't know about that. We've got scientists who are currently checking up, looking at strata and so on, and beginning to realize that humans and aliens have lived here a long time ago. But we don't know what those aliens were like. So we guess. Or are we guessing? Are we really knowing instinctively? Some people talk about reptilian types. Some people talk about eight-foot humanoid, angry, big bulky things that were, you know, sort of living here. What do we recall? What do we remember? It's only instinctive. And yet, within the DNA strand is all that we are. And slowly, spirit guides are beginning to understand that we can take more information. So this radio show is to wake you up to understand you that your perception of evil is actually the word live. And I would like to kind of wake you up with a big bang and say, you have walked from the darkness, from the evilest times possible, where mankind had no consciousness of ascension other than a driving force to seek oneness to seek the light, did, in the name of survival, awful things that we today would call evil. Cannibalism, for example, was a very natural, normal thing in the deep jungles of South America. To them, there was nothing wrong. If the weak fall, they're a food source. Eat them. There were people killing every kind of animal, for their hoofs, for their calcium, for whatever it is that they had in their 
trunks or their tusks or whatever it is that has been going on for thousands of years because as soon as man found that people wanted to trade for marketing there was always a buyer and how the market was filled was always about supply and demand so in the same way back in the evil time people did bad things in order to gain more money, more things, materialism. And so we evolved through into this age we're in now, which is the age of enlightenment, as we like to call it. The shift, another thing that we call it. The Aquarian age, another thing that we call it. But what I will tell you is it's the second spiritual age. The first spiritual age has finally ended because we've learned to stop being greedy. We've learned that it's more important to share and to organize. So again, I'm going to say to you the word evil, E-V-I-L, spelt backwards is L-I-V-E, live. And now in this new spiritual age, this second spiritual age, you must find a way to live in peace and harmony, always working with consciousness towards the light. Save the earthbounds, send them into the light. Save the people who are depressed, bring them into the light. Save the suicidal people, bring them into love. This is my message for today. Love everyone, for even the most evil seeks love. And with a helping hand, with guidance, direction, and peace, love can abound. And on that note, I'll remind you, go to sumaricenter.com and tell me what you want to learn from me. What webinars, what tele-seminars, whatever it is you like to hear from me, Tell me where you live, which country you're in, and what you're interested in. I want to know you. Please leave your email as well. So stay clear. Enjoy. Bye.